Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions. Connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Some of my heroes in my life have been sports figures, those that I knew personally, but some that I learned and have learned about in more recent years, especially in my seminary training, were missionaries. They really did become heroes of mine as I would see them and what they would do and how their desire to please the Lord, to carry the message of Jesus Christ around the world in obedience to the Great Commission. Uh, They still challenge me today, even though they've gone on to heaven. And so we're praying that you would be challenged today by listening to some of these names. Uh, And we're going to give a little bit of their background, their stories. Not a lot. We're not going into depth. But we're going to cover these areas that around the world. Because Acts 1.8 said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. We still got a lot of unreached people groups. We got people who do not have the Bible in their own language. People are working on that daily, and we're excited about that. But the church, if we're not careful, we'll turn inward. Nathan, I think two of the worst things that has happened in my lifetime is churches turning inward and then some false doctrines concerning even missions. You know, Mm. those two things are really severe. I know there's others, but those turning inward, the whole purpose of the church is, I know it's an overused word, outreach. Uh, And a lot of folks think, well, that means just adding my neighbors and so, but it's around the world, isn't it? Yeah, I I would say um, two things. Uh, One is that, um, a good, just if, if you want to be very general and broad stroked and, and just kind of see a, a basic picture, um, a good, um, uh, you get a good idea of the health of a church. And you could say a, one local, into, you know, its own church, one, one church specifically, or you can say um, the church in a specific society, like the church in America or the church in uh, in the West, or if you want to, if you want to broaden it out that much, but you can say a good picture of of health for that church is whether they are focused inward or outward. Agree. Um, and the more inward focused a church becomes, I believe, the less healthy it becomes. Do you um, think you can identify that by looking at the budget? Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can see. You can see how much money is spent inwardly or outwardly, externally. Um, you could see, uh, you could check a calendar and how how busy a church might be doing things that, um, again, you would say is an inward focus or an outward focus. Um, you could hear uh, messages being preached and lessons being taught, and um, yeah, you can you can you can notice that. Like, are they measuring uh, seating capacity or sending capacity? 
Um, so where's the focus? Um, is it inward focus or outward focus? And and so that's one one thing. And then if there is a a, a bit, and it might be a lot, but it might be a small bit of outward focus, then uh, drilling down deeper into that. So, all right, they have a little bit of a missions focus or an emphasis or whatever. It might be like, you know, a Mickey Mouse ear stuck onto the main thing. Like, like here's the main thing is our, you know, is this. It might be our most churches in the West. It's about the worship gathering, and they'll put most of their emphasis on that Sunday morning hour or whatever, the weekend gathering. Um, and then everything else is like a program or something that's stuck onto the side, a smaller appendage, you they're know, like a part, Mickey Mouse ear. They're not part of the pie. Right. They're, they're just kind of yeah. other folks do this, you know. Yeah. Um, but if you examine that part, uh, whether you call it missions or outreach or evangelism or whatever you want to call it, um, and then you see um, an overemphasis in local work versus global work, you know, national or international, if, if there's, um, a, you know, like a, a big discrepancy between like we're, we're, we're doing outreach, but it's all like right, right here. And for some churches, that's even a point of pride. Like we're about our community. We love our community. Um, they'll even print up T-shirts, you know, we love in whatever city or community that they and nothing wrong with that at all. Of loving your, you should love your community. You should bloom where you're planted. You should seek the the peace and the prosperity of the city that God has put you in. Um, but not at the neglect of the millions and billions around the world who have not yet heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, you and your son recently went on a trip into Africa, and we've done two programs concerning those, and uh, it opens your eyes. Absent from the mind, you know, we 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 hear it, but when we see it firsthand, yeah. So we see our needs firsthand in our church. Oh, we need new pews. Oh, we need a a parking lot with the potholes filled. We need a new sound system. We need we need. You see that, yeah. And and I'm we're not saying it's not a need. We're not saying that. And it and the key word you do is neglect that other part that we're to. It says under the uttermost parts of the world, and uh, that's not always convenient, is it? No, it's not convenient at all, um, and it goes against our own selfish human nature. Uh, but to neglect the uttermost and to neglect those who have not yet heard the good good news is to um, is really, I believe, to ignore and go against the Holy Spirit and Amen. and what He's trying to move the church to to do. It's it's um, going against his nature, um, you know. And he, left, so, he left heaven yeah, to come he, to earth, didn't he? We serve a missionary God. <laughs> Amen. You know. Amen. And, and how can we worship a God whose um, desires for all to to worship Him? Um, we can't. How can we worship Him completely if if we are not doing what He sent us to do? Okay. With that in mind, I want to go back, and it's a part I wanted to set this up. Heroes. And uh, I, I just want to share a few of mine that were missionaries, and we can talk about this. Uh, and if you want to find more, just write the name down, and you can research it. There's books about them, many yeah. places you can find out about them. So the first one I want to start out with is is the Apostle Paul. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I know is the years ago. Kind of kind of cheating there. I right? know I am, <laughs> but he was on a missionary journey when he got a call. 
to go to another okay, part yes. to be do missions. Okay. You know, you catch what I'm yes. saying? That call that he received while he was in what is modern-day Turkey mm-hmm. to go across and to go into modern-day Greece. Yep. From ch- Asia to Europe. Changed the world. Yep. I mean, everything that people talk about, quote, Western civilization, it really started there because the gospel took root in a way there that Mm -hmm. changed the world, especially, we would say, Europe. So today when we hear people talk, oh, this Western civilization is a white man's, no, it was was stemmed because of, of, of mission work going into these areas and seeing the difference that it made in people's lives of their health. Uh, of of the whole society, yeah, and, and so I do start there. I, I don't apologize, but it was easy to see. But I think some people don't know the significance of what took place on that quote Macedonia call. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That Paul was not quote unquote a white man, you know. Right. Um, he was Jewish. Exactly. Um, and um, as a missionary, basically to to the the white people. Um, that's a that's an interesting. Uh, perspective, and while that was going on, about. Matthew, we have evidence. Matthew was called to the southern part. It was in Africa. Yeah, Af- I think and, Africa and, was um, as a as a continent um, was probably the earliest yeah. uh, group that was that was reached and where the gospel took root. Uh, but Europe then followed pretty closely. Um, and one thing you mentioned though about Paul receiving that call to come over to. Uh, uh, come over to us from the guy from Macedonia. <laughs> Whoever that guy yeah. was. <laughs> um, some people believe it might have been the Philippian jailer, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that Paul later got to meet. But Amen. Um, regardless how that happened, that's, it's an important, as- I think it's the most important aspect for a missionary on the field even. So we think about God calling missionaries uh, from a state of whatever normal life was like before the call came, right? Um to, to the mission field. And, and so they go, they're obedient and they're sent and they go and they arrive and they start doing mission work, whatever that looks like. Um, and then they've done it, right? That's what we kind of think. But I, I believe it's just starting for that missionary, for that family, for that, uh, that person living has responded to the call. They've got to be even more responsive while they're on the field. Yes. Um, and, and so I think the number one task of a missionary is to pray and seek God and listen for the Holy Spirit. Um, that's the number one uh, missionary task: is to listen for what God um, says to you. And and it might be a daily thing where, okay, God, what do you have for me to do today? Here's what I have on my agenda, but you, my agenda is open for change. Uh, you lead me, um, and I'll I'll follow you. Um, and so I think Paul was like that, and mm-hmm. uh, that's how the gospel came into Europe was from an obedient missionary who is listening to the Holy Spirit. With that in mind, I'm going to turn our attention to Africa and Dr. David Livingston. I've been reading a good bit about him in the yeah. last few... A few hundred years difference between Paul yes, and Livingston. Yes, there is. Livingston. But listen, what you said was to go deeper. He he was, he was had reached a group of people. Yeah. But guess what? He knew there were some people further in the interior that needed to be reached. Right. And guess what? He, he did what you said. He prayed. He sought the Lord. And guess what he did? He went deeper into that area. Yeah. And it was like the Congo region. It really was. On the Congo River, right? Yes. And guess what would happen? 
a lady, and I always have a hard time with her name, Mary Schlesser. Yeah. She read about that, and guess what she did? She heard about David Livingston, and she went there as a single woman, not married, but she gave her life to that uh, from Scotland. And uh, she'd had a rough upbringing. Her dad was not saved. He was, a, he was a drunkard. But God called her out of that atmosphere, put her down there, and guess what would happen? She would do the very same things. The tribe she went to, most of them, if twins were born, they felt yeah. that was evil. And they didn't know which one was evil. They didn't know which one was Satan and which ones was God's, quote. And they would have both of them to be killed. Mm. She adopted over 300 of those girls, Mm. uh, of those people. And by the way, sorry sorry to interrupt, but just so we know, that sort of practice still happens in places. Still in day. Um, And not just in Africa, but in Africa, West Africa specifically, you'll still see uh, child sacrifice. Um, Based off of some superstition or animistic belief um, of of just not knowing uh, truth and not no one to go in and and share that truth to them. But sorry, didn't want to. No, interrupt. but yeah, it was exactly right. But Mary Schlesser changed so many lives, and the reason that came up is after you said Paul going on, he was on mission trip, and then God called him further into yep. it. Both of these, David Lister and Mary Slisser, both the same thing, Nathan. Mm-hmm. They they were doing a great work. So that was in Africa, and a lot of work still going on in Africa. You know that. Yeah. You saw some of I it think firsthand. David Livingston, you brought him up, um, and he his was probably the first biography, missionary biography I ever read uh, when I was younger. And uh, just the struggle that he would go through um, um, to to be obedient, um, you know, to take the gospel to the um, to the was it him that said the the um, the smoke rising from thousands of <laughs> yes uh, huts and villages yeah. on the horizon yeah. would draw him would draw him and he'd yeah. go toward that. Yes, it was. I was reading that right recently. Well, let's go to Asia for a minute. Okay. And there's when you think of Asia besides Russia, and we're not going to be China and India. Those two. In China, you can't think about but Hudson Taylor. Mm-hmm. Hudson Taylor, given, was it 50, I think 50-something years of his life there, over 800 missionaries would come because of what he laid out. And schools started, over. they think, over maybe 30,000 people that they can identify that came to Christ under his, not counting what's happened from generation to generation. Right. But yes. Hudson Taylor, China Inland Mission, and he, he had it made where he was, but the call to go to China was so real that he would follow it, and he would, really, he changed the world. This 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 guy changed the world. And speaking of China, uh, you and I are both raised Southern Baptist, and uh, every Christmas they'd have the Lottie Moon Christmas yeah. offering. But here was Lottie Moon, another single woman yeah. who felt the call of God and would go to China. And through her, and she was one of those, I think, that packed her belongings in, in, a, in a casket. That's yeah. what they did back then, wasn't That's right. it? And they, they weren't looking at coming home on furlough. They, they went to invest the entire life. Blows me up. You can see why they're heroes. Yeah. I mean, you just can't help but believe that. And so Lottie Moon would basically starve herself to death to feed others. And what would happen? Well, the, the Shantung revival would come out of that with 
people like Bertha Smith, Mm -hmm. and all of this work is in China. And today, I know China and the government, the communist country, is evil. We, We get that. But the people who were there, many of them are followers of Christ even today. And it's basically because of these guys and these ladies and their work, isn't it? Yeah, the beginning of that and then... Uh, through persecution uh, from um, the Mao re- re- uh, revolution and, and communism taking um, such a strong stand and root um, against Christianity um, and, the, and the underground church there in China, um, through their witness and their work, um, you could say, if you, if you ask where's the largest... <laughs> movement of the gospel in the world, uh, you'd point to China. You would. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and so it's, um, you know, there's, there's still work to do there. There's still work. Um, and it's dangerous and difficult work, and it's made more difficult in the last few years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, God's still, God's still sending people. God's still <laughs> moving among his people. Yes. India is another part of that, and I can't help but think of William Carey and others that would leave their comfort in England and they would go to India and that translate translate mm-hmm. the Bible, the yep. New Testament, into the language. He was a linguist, uh, and he is amazing. No proper training, but yet his ability to translate just yeah, wasn't changed he a, the world. A cobbler, he was a cobbler, he made shoes. <laughs> yeah, he made shoes. And how beautiful are the feet of those? His feet were beautiful to carry the gospel. But that that is in Asia, North America. I think about. I can't help but think about the pilgrims. I mean, just their whole purpose for coming. Yes, they wanted religious freedom, but when you read the Mayflower Compact that people don't read very much anymore, their purpose was was missional, wasn't it? Yeah, they they had that. Um, they had the sentness about them. They they understood that they had been sent by God wherever they were going. Um, they didn't know exactly yeah, where they were they going. They didn't know what they were getting into. <laughs> but when they but, uh, got there, they knew what they were to do. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the another one that I came in, it's a little like David Brainerd. Mm-hmm. Although he was from here, his mission work into the uh, Indian uh, Native American territory was so real. Yeah. And, I mean, he died early on. He developed tuberculosis by being with them, mm-hmm. and yet his heart was for them. Yeah. And uh, they said— and not just for their— Spiritual well-being and, and their souls, um, but for um, honestly for their human human rights, he really did, yeah. and he he did that. And everybody saying you got to come back and get well. He said, no, that's not my calling. My calling is to care the gospel. And was it thirty years old when he died? If Something, I remember correctly. Right yep. And so in South America, now again, mission work still going on there. I, I've had I have several friends that's in South America. Matter of fact, when I was dealing with, I knew God had called me into the ministry, and I thought, well, uh, God, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to be that mission missionary. I thought, well, it'd be Argentina. But I had a friend that I went to college with, and uh, he he and his wife spent their lives in Argentina. I said, okay, you know, I was willing, but the Lord had it for them. But Argentina, I can't help but think about Jim Elliott and Nate Saint. Mm-hmm. 1955, 1956, here's this group of five guys that God's called into one place, and guess what they want to do? They already had moved into that area. They were already doing mission work, but what you said earlier, moving on in, there was a group of of these people who, tribe, who had never been 
reach with the gospel. They set their eyes on those people. And what we do, it cost them their lives. And But yet, after it cost their lives, guess what happened? In place of people not volunteering for the mission work, they had more people volunteer to be missionaries after their death than any other time in a, in American history. Yeah, they responded, and we we know the rest of the story. That tribe that would kill them, the gospel was reached by them by his wife Elizabeth, Nate Saint's sister, yep. and they would go and live among them, and their lives were completely changed. That is the power of the gospel. And mission work, do you see why these are my heroes? No, definitely. Um, and there's some good heroes, um, a good list. And basically you could, you could pick any one of them, and, and then there's others that you could um, just, you know, you could probably find articles if you don't want to read a full book biography. You could probably find articles, maybe even um, video clips um, about about them and their their life and their call to missions and then their work um, and and legacy and uh, you might want to just give the list again. Somebody might want to okay write one of those names down and let me give this list. This these are people that Nathan. Let me say this: one of the first books you wrote or read was David Livingston and. Find books. There's books about many of these people. Read their stories. Hudson Taylor, again, what a great man to Asia, to China. Lottie Moon, uh, she was a, a lady that gave her life to carry the gospel. David Brainerd, uh, <laughs> his story is amazing. A short life, but a life that changed. I, it changed really, especially New England, but it, it changed America uh, during that period of time. And then in South America, it was Jim Elliott, uh, his writings, and his wife is the one that would carry the story uh, as she would write those uh, about the work that was done there. And it, the book that changed my life was Through Gates of Splendor. She wrote that book, and it's the story about these five missionary men and their wives and them going into this territory, them giving their lives, and then she and uh, another lady going back. And guess what? Elizabeth took her daughter with her to live among those people. But read their stories. It's amazing. David Livingston, Mary Slesser. She really intrigued me as much as any anyone. I was reading her story to one of my grandsons recently, and he was amazed that here's this woman this strong. It's kind of like we were talking in an earlier uh, program that we did about the women from Kenya being strong. Uh, Listen, some of these ladies were strong beyond measure, physically, mentally, uh, socially, uh, spiritually, and she is one of them. The one we haven't discussed that I had written down was St. Patrick. Uh, he really changed changed the focus of the British Isles, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And um, after, he would he would have been closer to uh, Paul in in uh, timeline uh, as far as history, um, and also, uh, but he was further, I guess, into Europe um, than Paul ever got. He got extended to go. Paul's ministry. Yeah, that's right. And, and here he was in a country, Ireland. Uh, he wasn't Irish. He was from Britain, 
and he was taken prisoner and uh, taken to Ireland, and then he escaped, and he goes back. He gets saved, and guess where he goes back to? Where where he was taken as a as a slave. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? Sure. That made me think of a Bible story in, in the book of Philemon. You remember the yeah. apostle uh, Paul wrote to Philemon. It was about a slave that Philemon owned. Now we don't know why he was a slave. It may have been because of debt, because he said, "Whatever he owes you, I'll repay." But guess where he went back after he escaped there? He went back there after he got saved. Sounds a little bit like St. Patrick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, that's right. It, and so Patrick would would take the gospel to uh, uh, into um, Ireland, and uh, I don't think there was uh, anything to do with snakes in the in the real story, uh, but it was everything to do with Jesus and the and the good news. It really did. Now the continent that we, we and of course not talking about Antarctica is Australia, and I don't know that many that started out in Australia, but I've met several of my people that I've known, I should say it that way, that has gone to Australia in recent years and trying to strengthen the church in Australia because it, mm-hmm. it kind of was off the beaten path. And the Aborigines that were there, then the people that came and settled it. So, so But the mission effort goes forth. Yeah, one one interesting thing you could you could kind of do your own research on is the um, the story of how the Maori people in New Zealand came to hear the gospel. Um, I won't I won't get into it because I'll probably get a lot of the details wrong. But but basically there was a vision um, that the uh, the the chief of the tribe had about people coming to share to share good news with them. Um, and sure enough, God would later send send missionaries to the Maori people. Um, a lot of a lot of mission work through history, as you read about it, can be complicated. Um, these are real people with real um, of their own personal issues, and and um, and there was even you can mix in depending on the era and the time. Uh, there was uh, some colonialism mixed in with some of the, some of that, and um, there was you know a mixed bag, good and bad. Uh, overwhelmingly, though, was was the good done through these heroes, uh, men and women, um, and how God has sent them out. Um, one, I just want to throw one person in, um, going back to Asia. Um, the latest um, biography I've kind of picked up and, and begun reading uh, was a lady named Isabel Kuhn. Yes. From, uh, she went from Canada to, to China. And uh, and was working with the Lisu people in uh, Yunnan province in China. So there's another one you could add to the list. I did. I remember, I had not thought of her, but I read her story. These stories about missionaries will enlighten you, but I think more than anything else, challenge you. But it also, I think it puts up in the question, Lord, what would you have me do? Yeah. Um, you don't have to consider yourself a hero to be obedient to God's call in your life. And that call could simply be bloom where you're planted and, and make disciples of those that are around you. Uh, but be open to where God may send you and uh, be obedient to what he calls you to do. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing this today. We hope that your hero, more than anything else, is the Lord Jesus Christ who saves our souls. 